reception, basically, in my basement. Yeah, Rudy, if you keep being in this basement, we're going to have to get you, like, a wireless extender or something. Or move your router, maybe? I don't know. What, well, I don't even on the Wi-Fi. I just use the standard. Why is it no. your phone on the Wi-Fi? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, that makes I mean, you be able to call better. What do you mean? No, I'm not, well, my router's like at the opposite end of the house, so it would actually make what? it worse. Well, ma- no, it won't make it worse, because it'll switch back and forth, even if you just get a little. Are you sure yeah, about that? You said move it closer. I can't. There's nowhere to go. I, I it's not set up that way. I don't like, have, like... This house is built in like 1917, so there's only like I think one actual like phone line. Let me see here. You don't know, use phone lines. Uh, let's see here. We'll give it a shot. I think I might have figured it out. If not, you guys can buy me a router extension thing. We'll go from there. How's everyone doing tonight? I'm exhausted, but good. Yeah, I hear that one. What about you, Rudy? Same. Tired as fuck. shouldn't have eaten all that pepperoni pizza, but I guess I'll regret it in the morning. Should we wait for Totsky? Do we think he's going to throw up? to that I mean not necessarily I don't know I maybe he just doesn't like to share I don't know if that's just the Catholic way or not but cause I know it's just well he says it makes him nervous when I talked to him he said it's just like he feels like he like just like 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 it's like some people feel when a camera's on them, is the way we sure. figured it out yeah which I can get that well I mean no. I don't I don't have that, but I can understand how it could be. We did have well, nine listeners Like I remember, he he hurt his back, and he had to get like minimally invasive, like yeah, some type of back surgery. Didn't and, like, didn't anybody? even like tell him. Like I was like, dude, like let us know what's up, man. It, it's not like uh, we're trying to like get into your private life, but I mean, if one of my buddies is having surgery, I'd want to at least know what's going on. Well, when I lived with him, he said he had a hurt back.
told him about when I had my anal fissure, which is something that you should be about, tearing your asshole. But it's like sure. extremely, extremely painful and like debilitating. And when after I told him, he's like, oh yeah, that's what was going on when we lived together. I had one of those. <laughs> like, what? You just didn't, you just like lied and made shit up because you're, don't, what, what do you think, you, just, you don't have an apple? Like, what? Oh, well, that's the thing, too. It's like not talk, not wanting to talk or, like, for whatever reason, what's preventing you from talking about those things also, in my opinion, bars you from maybe trying to get help when you may need help with that stuff. Oh, it's, it, is a, it is a barrier to healing, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I read a book recently, just a fiction book, but one of the take-homes that I had from it was, like, so much pain is caused in families by what is not said. Sure. And I think that's very true. I was thinking yeah. about that, you know, like the, uh, you know, not necessarily our parents, but kind of our parents' generation, with, or probably even previous generations, with, you know, the dads that came home from World War II or Vietnam or whatever, and just, you just had that pain or whatever, or the, you know, PTSD that was undiagnosed, and it was, you know, it was a weakness if you, you know, kind of admitted it, but, you know, I think with the vets returning now, I think the whole mental health aspect, I know Bridget's obviously involved in this kind of stuff or whatever, but um, just the, the you know, Afghan and Iraq vets acknowledging that, you know, it's okay to ask for help when you're not feeling quite right, you know, I don't know, there's a, a oh, I think it was his last name, um, shit, he was running, he was the Secretary of State in Missouri and then was going to run for, Jason Kander, uh, he was the first millennial elected to a statewide election or whatever. And he used to run for Kansas City mayor and he was like a front runner and then like dropped out like a month before the race and was like, my head's just not right. He did do whatever, a couple of tours in Iraq or whatever. It's like, I gotta, it's kind of, you know, this is, it's okay to, you know, to talk about this, you know, that you're not feeling okay. So, you know, as a whole, you know, obviously that's a subspect of whatever uh, America, but, you know, it's, I think it's, it's still a tough thing to talk about in any situation to talk about that kind of stuff, but especially. I think it's getting better, but it's still even you know I don't know. It's a it's a admitting you need help or whatever. Or not there's not saying what needs to be said is is, is tough and and. Well, I'll admit, I mean I'll talk to briefly on someone who's only married to a mental health professional, so take it with a grain of salt. But um, I think it's called CB CBT cognitive behavioral therapy. And mm-hmm. it's encouraged to, like, talk about the things that are bothering you. And it's almost tinged with, like, exposure therapy. So trying to safely relive those instances or events that are, you know, bothering you or causing you whatever issues may come about. Whereas before, it's like you just ignored it. I mean, obviously, there's, like, a Freudian kind there's a Freudian aspect where you can, you know, everything's related to your mom or your dad. But uh, the CB, CBT is, you know, what I think a lot of mental health practitioners are looking at or using. And just like our culture now, where it's like more open to just talk about things, whereas before you just, you know, you shut up and you drank you drank your sorrows away. Exactly, avoidance as a as a coping mechanism, like. Just trying not to touch painful things or not to be near things that make us anxious <coughs> or upset is the most common coping strategy there is. But cognitive behavioral therapy 
is the opposite. It's saying, okay, this makes you uncomfortable, or, oh, these are the negative thoughts you have about yourself, and saying, all right, let's sit as close as we can to these things that make us very, very uncomfortable, and let's hang out in their vicinity and understand that it's not going to kill us. It's just going it's, to, it's, it's, it can be even tolerable. And you have these, whether it's a PTSD type reaction or anxiety or whatever, and you just, you, you, you experience it and thereby desensitize yourself to it. And I'm actually reading a book right now called uh, uh, Coddling of the American Mind. And it is a similar title to a book I recently read, but totally different content. And it's kind of talking about like the movement right now at colleges, you know, where it's like, let's make this a safe space. And, oh, we can't, have safe space. Yeah, we can't have Milo talk here. Or we need trigger warnings for everything. And instead of having a space where people, as they are, you know, hopefully like growing and growing up and like learning to deal with the world and new ideas and saying, no, this idea or this speech is... Uh, harmful to me. It is, it is. It causes me trauma. And trauma used to be like physical trauma. Mental trauma was only a recent term, kind of. And uh, and it, it's really making people that are essentially going against the ancient wisdom of what kills us makes what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, you know. And against the wisdom of uh, like um, there are no. You know, like, there, there's good people and there's evil people. So people are starting to think more and more. And, you know, it's us versus them rather than we're all just, like, you know, people, you know, trying to get by with our own set of opinions and beliefs. And it's really um, by creating safe spaces, we are causing people who are more prone to anxiety mental health issues because they can't deal with anything that is different than what they're thinking, than what they're used to. Oh yeah, there's um there's a guy who was pretty prominent in the um like social justice warrior stuff and um he was talking about it. And basically what he said is it, it consumed his whole life where he was willing to say anything or put anything on Twitter to appease the following that he had, had amassed over, you know, the course of the last like three or four years. Oh, he said, oh, and he, yeah, I mean, like, everything, anything that he, like, take the news topic for the day and, like, spin it, um, he would do that until he realized he was basically checking his Twitter account, you know, five to six times a minute, like, constantly just looking at his phone, like, getting off on the likes and all the retweets and all that, and he finally stepped away from it. Uh, of course, he was shunned by the community, not because he willingly wanted to get away from it, but he made one post that someone else spun, and then all his followers basically, you know, turned on him, like, on a dime. And it's just, like, that was his big wake-up moment. So, like, he wasted, like, the last couple years of his life fucking around in this movement. But, I don't know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's just a, the social media aspect that plays into it, but it's definitely weird now that you go to college and spend $100,000 a year to, like, have less freedom or not hear other opinions or ideas? Well, when when we, you know, used to, when you get gratification for like, hey, good job, or, you know, someone says, hey, nice haircut, or someone says hi to you even, you know, that's like, too little, but it's huge. 
But when we can make a post and then, you know, maybe get 20 likes or 15 likes or 100 likes, you know, then that determines how valuable I think my contribution was to the world today. And I'm, we're all susceptible to it. Like, I just got back on social media for um, garage sales and, and for my mushroom <laughs> And I totally checked. I've, I've checked since I posted today. I've checked it two or three times to see how many oh, likes yeah. I got on both platforms because it makes me feel good if I get more likes. And those paper machine emotions, although they're cheap and don't have much substance, they're fucking dangerous. There's always, um, so there's a kind of a, I don't know, cliche, maybe not be the right word, but um, somebody who sends out a tweet and then they reply, you know, after it, you know, quote unquote blows up or whatever, they reply to that tweet and say, oh, wow, this is blowing up, you know, follow me on IG or, you know, follow back or check out this, my SoundCloud or whatever. But it used to be, I felt like, um, people get like tens of thousands of likes or whatever, you know, and now I'm seeing it when people get like, you know, I guess it all depends on the size of the account or whatever. Somebody gets like 500 likes on a tweet and they're like, follow me back, you know, you know, while this blew up, it's like, did it? You know, like, I don't think, it, you know, I don't know, like, what, like defining what viral means, I guess, you know, I guess relative to, so I had one tweet that, um, was a gambling thing, so it was a gambling show I was watching for these guys I follow, and he gave out this, when I was in Vegas, he gave out this advice for this weird parlay, it was like, Western Kentucky, when, whatever, it was just a weird parlay, so I, I bet it, and then took a picture of the, um, the betting slip and then tweeted it back at him and said, you know, like, let's go or something. And he liked it. So if he liked it, it got into his people who follow him would see it then. So, so I, I had like 500,000 like impressions, like 500,000 people saw this tweet. Jesus Christ. And so like, it was so, so like, like I was in Vegas with my wife and friends having fun. And I was like looking at my phone, like every like half hour, be like, how many more did I, you know, it was like, like, you know, like, I don't know, it was, like, it, was, it was like, I don't know, what like you're talking about, it was like, not even people like even liking it or even like engaging with me, it was just like people just like literally saw it scrolling past in their timeline, and I was like, it was like, the cool, it was like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened, and now it's like, that was pretty lame, dude, like whatever, like you took a picture, and then some guy liked it, it took him less than half a second to be like, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> click, click, click the heart button and moved on past and never thought about it ever again. And I'm like getting these like rush from like oh my god these hundreds of thousands of people have seen this thing, but it's it's real you know it is, it is real. Must get more followers. Must yeah. get more tweets. What can I do? I know. I've I've been using it as a as an aspect of what you know the business I'm starting, fitting mm-hmm. fungi. You know. I almost and, uh, I, I recorded. I, sorry. I, I look. I, no, what's that? What? When I recorded the outro for the episode I was posted, I was gonna mention your IG account, but I didn't. But if you want me, we can. I don't know if you want to highlight that or anything, but I guess I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Is anyone else getting an echo or is it just me? It's, it's uh, I hear an echo from you, I guess. I don't know. But I heard an echo from you when you were talking. Me? I don't know if that means anything. I'm talking on a marble. I heard Ben, I'm talking ben on a, cut out for a minute, but uh, I haven't heard an echo. I'm talking on a marble, so I don't know if it's radiating, I guess. Or talking at marble. I don't know. I'm in a different spot than I normally am, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, when we start, I think we should <clears throat> save our intro for the end, and by the way, and just say that we went right into it today because we had such a great conversation. Yeah, I, I, I've been recording for a while. I was just going to record something. Perfect. Um, yeah, uh, so 
I, I, I think that, yeah, we need to definitely be uh, aware of the fact that our social interactions are, you know, shape us, you know, they're, 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 sure. that's how we determine, you know, what we get off on and the phones in our pocket are, are like, like, like social, um, stimulants or social steroids or something. It's like they're, they're dopamine they're, or something. Well, exactly. They're hits of dopamine just like a drug, but it's like, it just makes you feel really good just like a drug, but there's consequences to that when you don't get things in the you know, wholesome, proper way of doing things. When you get energy from, you know, a stimulant compared to being well rested and eating good food or whatever, there's consequences to that. Just like if you get your social attaboys from a like button, uh, someone just got <laughs> like, 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 oh, yeah. rather than from like your dad saying, oh, good job, son. And it's like, it's different. Like an uh, actual pat on the back? Yeah. No, what, yeah. no, what we'll have is in the future, you'll have like a final shirt. That will have those um, built in, uh, have like those built in, like pat on, or the, like the hap, what are they called, the hap suits or something that they're working on for VR. So like, if someone likes your tweet or whatever, you'll get that motion or that feeling on the back of your shirt. When you're <laughs> That's what I can't wait for. I know I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this before, but the movie Idiocracy. If you guys have seen that, like literally, I feel like it was the most prescient. It came out, I don't know, mid two thousands probably. And it's like legit is coming true, like every second. I just watched it for the first time like a couple weeks ago because Everett was like, oh, you haven't seen that? You need to. Like, here's my copy. You can have it. You know, go home, watch it. It's your homework. I mean, I, I think <laughs> like it came a out like a copy of the movie, like a DVD. Yes. Uh, death, death, death. Wow. Those even exist? They even have those anymore? Like a DVD player? Dude, I'm having a rough time getting Kirsten to sell her. She's been doing better in the last couple of days. But like, we've got like a hundred in the basement we don't watch. But man, people buy them. We're, we sold oh, for sure. 15 today, like for a dollar to a piece, but whatever. Wow. They're like Beanie Babies, modern day Beanie Babies. Well, I guess they're modern too. I guess. Well, they're more, they're more of a function than a Beanie Baby. You can't sit and watch a Beanie Baby tell you a story for two hours. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> depends, it depends on the mushrooms you're taking, I guess. <laughs> well, that actually, you know, it's funny because I was thinking about it uh, the other day. So I've actually been um, paying for that, uh, what do you call it? Um, it? Well, Apple has it too, but the, um, the Amazon Music subscription. So with Prime, I get the actual, like, Amazon Prime Music, so I get access to, you know, like a decent catalog. But if you pay the, I don't know if it's 10 or $12 a month, you basically get the whole thing that Amazon has, which probably, I did a little bit of research, and it seems to be similar to um, the Apple catalog. So we do that, so it's four thirty-one a month, and you get basically every song that's ever existed. How are the algorithms, though, for, like, building you playlists? I just use it, we used to have Alexa, so we just play songs on demand and playlists and stuff. Or like, play, you know, Saturday Night Party Music or something, or Saturday Night Cocktail Music. I don't curate, I guess, specific songs, I guess. I'm telling you, I used all, all three of them, and I I really did not like the music that Amazon or Apple gave me, and that's why I'm stuck really? with back to Spotify, because it does a better job. If I put time and effort into it, 
at like of liking, disliking, and putting the song, some music I like in there and whatever. It will give me better recommendations of new stuff for me to listen to so that my musical sphere is expanding. Because I, if I'm forced to pick the music, will listen to the same thing again and again and again. And I need to not do that. I mean, we mostly use it for Harris, so he listens to music when he goes to sleep, and then, like, just, like, running around the house, he can play Baby Shark 10,000 times in a row. Baby Shark. How's bedtime going? Baby Shark. Um, so I did, so I had a draft on Wednesday night, so we've been, I've been doing Wednesday, Friday, so I had a draft on Wednesday night, so I did Tuesday, Friday. Tuesday was fine. No, actually, neither night was fine, as I think about it, never mind. Um, no. <laughs> you know, so we had to be back slid. So Tuesday night was so what nights he was incredibly tired and I could tell. So Tuesday night, um went upstairs and um do you wanna take a bath? I was like, that's fine, we can take a quick bath. It was kinda of late already. We kinda of, um I think I got home from work but, oh anyways. Um and so his he, he has all these stall techniques he's got in, so one of them is I wanna go downstairs. I have to go I have to go potty, but I wanna go to do it downstairs and go potty. So he broke that one out, and I was like, okay, so if you, you can either go downstairs to go potty, or you can go potty up here and take a bath. He's still not understanding, like, how bargaining works, I guess, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so I'm he, doing a garage sale. People, people don't understand it. They don't get it. <laughs> so he was like, so I was like, you can do either or, you know, your choice. And he's like, okay, I want to go downstairs and potty. I was like, okay, then we're going to go right to bed. He goes, okay. So we go to potty. So we come downstairs, he goes potty, we go back upstairs, and I want to take a bath. He's like, no, that was not in the cards. You went downstairs and went potty, so now we got to, you know, PJ's honorary books and so he kind of lost it so I ended up like getting a diaper and pajama bottoms on him and then he freaked out and then so I was like so I kind of when he was freaking out I kind of just like give him like a couple minutes to kind of maybe calm down so I just go to like the other room and so I just like went to the other room and then all of a sudden he just got quiet and I like, walked in there and he just fell asleep like in the chair I was like okay so we went to bed so then I went up there we went to bed just moved him from the chair to bed and it was fine I guess but then last night... How is your... Oh, go ahead. So then last night was, like, just, like, literally the worst. Um, he was just, like, screaming. So our name... So I gave, we did, did, I gave him a long bath. So then um, he didn't want to get out. So it was, like, a half-hour long bath. But then, um, like, our neighbors next door were, like, sitting outside by, like... They had, like, a fire pit thing or whatever. So they had that going. So I could, like... We are sitting in the bathroom. I could hear them, like, just, like, talking, you know? Like, in, like, normal voices. I was, like... And then so, like, all of a sudden, Harris is just, like, screaming, like... Like like a madman so it's like okay they can just obviously hear Harris is having a breakdown you know whatever but so he kind of just screamed and screamed and screamed for I don't know how long half hour maybe and then just wanting mommy to come upstairs and then finally he came so he's like you know kind of snotty and crying I was like you want me to get tissue he's like no so I'm like okay I'll give you some time so I went and I sat on the stairs Trying to, like, you know, we get quiet, I kind of go in, and he kind of ratchet back up, whatever. But finally, he kind of, and he came back up to me, he's like, he's like, Mommy's not coming up, is she? And I was like, No, it's Friday night, it's Daddy's night. And he's like, Okay, can you give me a tissue? So I went and just got him a tissue and cleaned his, you know, tears and snot or whatever up. And he's like, And I was like, Here's the deal, buddy. How about if we put pajamas on and you lay in bed? I'll go talk to Mommy and see if she wants to come upstairs. He goes, Okay. So I just, like, got him, like, in bed mode, you know, with music on, lights down, and just, like, came downstairs and, like, didn't obviously send it upstairs. So it did. Took like forty five minutes, but it did end up, I guess, going to sleep. I guess so. My wife did get her, whatever break, but I mean, there still was a screaming child for however long. But at least it wasn't. She wasn't in the room where the child was screaming. Yeah, it's your deal. It's your responsibility, and and uh, and it gets him every time. He gets more and more used to it being That's, you instead of her. You know? 
Yeah. Try to stay. So we're doing Wednesday, Friday. So try to at least. Obviously, all this is going to blow up in however many, you know, six months or whatever. But um, at least for now, try to get into this groove. How is your a reaction to his frustration or freaking out or whatever? Has that improved or changed? Um, so we did have a really bad morning on Thursday morning. It was really rough for us, too. So, like, Sammy gets up. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, she gets up and leaves at 6.45-ish or whatever. And then, so I get up around... So both days I had to wake. So I got up around seven thirty, and then both days I had to wake him up at like eight. So you know, you know, if he's been up and like been able to like hang out for a little bit, he's really fine. I had to wake him up in the morning. It's pretty rough trying to get him right from PJ to, to waking him up, taking you know, getting dressed, and leaving within like you know fifteen minutes is always rough. So Thursday night was a pretty rough night or morning. Um, so I would say I would give myself somewhere in a B-ish range probably still. Um, I try to stay calm. Well, but from July, you were like at your, you know, when you decided to make a change, like it's been better since then, or no? Um, it it depends on the. I I I'm I would say I'm generally better. The morning is tough because I obviously have to like get to work, you know. So there's you know there's, there's you know like bedtime like I'm fine sitting up there letting him scream and wear himself out and then putting him in bed. But you know in the morning where it's like you know no dude I have to like. We have to leave the house like now, so that's that's so I, I was not proud of myself on Thursday. I ended up just like forcing clothes on him, didn't put socks or shoes on, just carried him to the car, threw him in the car, and I started the car. He wasn't even buckled into the seatbelt. And I started the car, and he was like laying on the floor in the back seat, being like, "No, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go." So I finally was like, "If you don't get in your chair right now, I'm gonna go inside and throw away all your toys." And then. And then and then so he's like, "Don't, I don't, I don't want you to throw my toys." He's like, well, then get in the chair right now. So he's like, "Okay." So like, finally, I had to like drop like the nuclear bomb to finally like, get him to move. But um, it's it. The mornings have been so. I don't know that that was just, that was out of the blue. Is weird. I think he's just been. I don't know if he's gone through a growth spurt or something, but he's just been incredibly tired recently. So I don't know. I I I give myself a passing grade, but not exceptional. I haven't been great about it. I, I guess I haven't been doing the Headspace app as much, but I've been doing just the uh, just the breathing exercises. So not maybe less structured, but um, just just to and not for very you know just to kind of like um, you know, close your close my eyes, cut my breaths for a minute or two, just to try to get back to maybe baseline. But I haven't, I haven't been doing the Headspace app as much. The, the Have you done that? You better figure it out. Figure it out now because once that second baby comes, any sanity that you think you have now will be completely out the window. Kind of, so Harris will be literally almost so it's so funny. So like we, well, I, I don't know to the to our listeners, we we found out we're having well a little bit ago I guess we're gonna have our second. So we almost four years to the day. Yay! Congratulations! Thank you. Um, so I was gonna tell you guys on this, but then I we kind of talked and it seemed kind of weird. So I was like monetizing like my family life or whatever. So it's like not that I'm oh, making that's money. Fine. Monetizing <laughs> your family is not just uh, okay. Right, well. It's a good business strategy. So, <laughs> the only thing that would have been weird is that I it, I felt I haven't been able to. I can't properly congratulate you really till I see it. You know, it, it, it requires a hug. You know. Yeah. So we knew. I don't know if you could tell. We knew at Fourth of July. That's why Sammy was drinking the hot water oh, and yeah. stuff. I don't know if you, we, had, yeah. you, you picked up on that or not. <laughs> So why did you congratulate him? No, so it's so it's it's, it's 
it's so I don't know it's girls know faster than anybody because you know like my wife likes to drink wine so like you go to like our neighbor's house and like oh Sammy do you want uh, like a Saturday afternoon like oh do you want a glass of wine Sammy like oh no I'm okay and it's like okay yeah she's pregnant right? you know it's just like you know what picked us up even more than that that like because Kirsten you know we try like not to notice that stuff because it's annoying when people do it to you yeah like Kirsten feels the need to drink around my family because otherwise people think she's pregnant <laughs> and she normally would not drink that's so, so funny and uh, so uh, what, what we noticed is when you guys we said something about like going to California in September I think and Sammy was like well we can't go in September Ben well we are like, going we're going to no we're going to September we are going to we are going to California in two weeks or three weeks, but... Oh, cool. Where are you going? Newport Beach. We're going to a wedding. Sweet. I think we're talking about... Something in, like, February or January. I don't know. I forget what it was. Yeah, something around that time, yeah. Yeah, that's when they shut it down, but... We, like, literally just found out, like, a week before that. So, like, that same weekend, like... Yeah. So, like, that same weekend, like, Saturday night or something, my mom... I was making a... So what we've done in the past and which we did this time it didn't work nearly as well as it last time but like I would make like a vodka soda and just might give her a soda water and be like hey you're both drinking vodka sodas or whatever you know although my wife she never drinks that so it'd be kind of weird I guess but then my mom just like saddled up to me and I was she's like is Sammy not drinking this weekend and I was like no comment (laughs) (laughs) you know I learned something about the value of telling people like whenever you're ready to and like like telling people early even um when when you and, and bridget had your you know difficulty having a kid oh god um, insane i i realized that like one time you told me you know when one of the ones that you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately didn't, didn't work out and and you you told me like earlier than you normally would tell anybody and you're just like i just have to tell someone or whatever you said and i was kind of like maybe a little anxious i was like oh i don't even really like want to know because I know they already had difficulty and then I thought about it a little longer and I was like wait if my friend would tell me something like because of his joy why wouldn't I want him to tell me so I can share in any potential pain like that's what we're here for like just because it makes me uncomfortable well it probably made him uncomfortable too like that's why you have fucking friends dude like you know tell people whether you know it's going to hurt or not you know if if that's what you want to do no, I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is just you, you know, you're growing up, you're in your 20s or 30s or whenever you decide to start having kids, and you get that, that strip that comes back and saying that she's pregnant, you're just like, holy shit, like, this is awesome, you know, it's something you both wanted, you were responsible, you tried to do it when on your terms or whatever, and then you go down that thing and let everyone know, blast it out. And you don't even realize like, the consequences of that when you're doing it. But you don't, until something like that actually happens where you do miscarry, you realize that there's a lot of that taking place. You know, it's not a for sure thing. And a lot of people mm-hmm. struggle with pregnancy and fertility and that. And that opens up a whole nother can of worms. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's your initial reaction. It's a justifiable, in my opinion. But, yeah, I get that. I mean, there's something to that probably, sharing in that grief as well. The pain of things that are unsaid makes them feel shameful or, or you know, it's just like the unsaid pain of, of you know, of abortion. People think it's an abnormal thing to do because people don't sure. talk about their abortion. Yeah, like, yeah. well, 
not like we did anything wrong. There's nothing we could have done differently, but it just happened. It happened two or three times. I think once a time. I mean, Bridget even had her fallopian tube removed, and we still. Did you guys had two breaths? Were both years just straight natural? Did you guys do any like stuff? No, we didn't do anything. I mean, it was. She had two. Actually, the funny thing is, the kind of truth. Um, she had two ectopics. On the second one, I think it was two. I can't remember. The second one, she had her tube removed, and then we were kind of going through, looking at some options, trying to figure out what the right course of action would be. And um, she got on like a gluten-free diet, and she was going to an acupuncturist. But the funny thing is, for the entire truth, man, she. We ran into your mom somewhere, and your mom told her about that. There's like a test where they inject a dye. Yep, yep, yep. To, to test the effectiveness. Yep. And your mom told her about that test. It was probably two or three months later she got the test. Another two or three months she was pregnant. So yeah, we cool. tried natural style for like over a year, really, and nothing was going. So then it's like, okay, so, you know, getting close to being kind of... So Sammy's thing was like, I do not want to get pregnant after I turn 37. So we had like a hard deadline. Right? <laughs> so we had, you know, we had about a year. To, like, okay, we have about a year to figure it all out. So then she, we went, she started, you went to a fertility specialist and, you know, I can't think what... It's not IVF, but it's like OIVO or something. So it's just like her, you know, her eggs in her, but then it's... So they, like I would just... So I did do a... It's a, a whatever test I did I went to the jerk off room sperm test hold on hold on let's just let's just pause right there it was like the weirdest thing I've ever done let's start from the beginning you're at the clinic you walk in you talk to the doctor go so there's a so the the fertility specialist was over by um like Abbott on Chicago or whatever you know um okay it's an office building a medical office building or whatever so I go in and um, I um, so yeah, it was scheduled. Or whatever. So, it's like, right so, it's like, so it's like the middle of the work day, right? So it's at like one o'clock on like a Thursday or something. <laughs> so I go, <laughs> so it's like leave work. I'm like, um, I kind of told my boss, I was like, hey, we're kind of trying some stuff, so I'm gonna have some doctor's appointments in here or there, or whatever. Excuse so like, me, I gotta go check out Did not, did not tell my female oh, boss, did not tell my female, female boss that, no. Um, so I leave, so I just leave work, or whatever, drive over there, it's, you know, middle of the day, on like Lake, it's like Lake in Chicago. Um, so it's like a, you know, it's like a, it's like the same, like the, kind of the, like the, the, uh, like the drug screen room, you know, test sure. you know? so it was like, it was a little weight room, and then there's like a window with like, you know, one nurse behind it, and there's, you know, a couple of rooms off inside or whatever. Um, so then she's just like, okay, yep, you know, yep, you got your appointment, you know, you have, you know, ID, yep, duh, did you pay, yep. so I had to like go back to the other, like the main facility, and like pay, it was like, I don't know, 100 bucks or something. And then go back, and then she gave me like um, everything was just like, in the room. Right? No, she gave me the cup. Um, so then she just like she goes in the room, and it's like it's like um, I don't know, like there's like seventies music playing in the background. No, there, 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 there was there was overhead music playing. I think just to kind of over you know not maybe a little louder than a normal like a dentist office, like a little bit louder, but not you know. So loud. <laughs> so you're not worried about them hearing you jerk off. <laughs> yeah, it's more like they don't hear I, I, I dream. 
Like, ah! Yeah. Um, so it's like there's like a, it's like a, like a like a um, like a like a desk, but like a like a dresser, and like a side table with a lamp, and then like a like a leather like wing chair, and then they had like like puppy pads, like so like if you know if you, she's like I don't know if, if you prefer her to sit down, you know please you know please put a puppy pad, take like, up all your a, clothes, put a pad down. I mean I basically did. I mean I took like my pants off, like my shoes and stuff. But then she's like, so there's, there's some, there's like some magazines here. Otherwise, you know, here's our, here's our Wi-Fi. Your Wi-Fi. So here's our, here's our, here's like our Wi-Fi password or whatever. I can't get off with the analog, man. I'm too hooked on the digital. It was like. Excuse me, sir. You've been in there for three hours. But you don't have to go to like, the, if you go to like the library, like the magazines, you know, they're in like that plastic case, you know, that plastic like bond, bond, bond thing or whatever. Um. So it's like penthouses, and I was like, "That's not going to do anything." <laughs> so then I don't know, like I don't know um, if you ever eat Pornhub. That's not good. again dopamine addiction. That's yeah. not going to do anything because we've been <laughs> dopamined out of our brains by fucking pornography. So if sorry to interrupt. So like Pornhub has Pornhub has like a like recommended for you based on your previous viewings. So as I was logged into like their network password, I was getting all the previous users. You know, like the. Whatever the oh okay what, sure, what was sure. recommended to me was what previous people on this Wi-Fi had used, and so I learned a whole new genre of topic, <laughs> which is called it's JOI videos, which is jerk off instructions. So it's just like a, it's basically like a woman like just telling you to like jerk off for me, but like there's no like like she's not they're not like new there's no like sex happening it's like she's just literally like being like. Yeah, baby, you know, do it. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" So I learned oh, learned something new. Oh anyways, found something and just whatever in the cup and then into this thing or whatever. But it was like the most uh, like antiseptical like time ever. Probably come my entire life or whatever. And that's how Sammy was. That's how Harrison born. And so that was no, that was just a test. That was just that was just the test, um, and everything was fine. Um, so then. So the same thing that you said, Rudy, that the flush, so she went in and did, did the, had the flush done, and it's like this dye or something they inject, and they watch it on a screen, and just make sure everything's, you know, going through or whatever, and so we didn't, so then we, like, like literally the next time we actually got pregnant after that. So then we went into, like, the OBGYN, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's diagnostical, but it's also, I forget the term, like, it uh, also does, you know, um, help, so I was like, yeah, that was, like, literally like, the next time, I was like, oh, okay. To like schedule to go in and do so. That's what, so she had to wait for. We were gonna do this thing, so that she had some drugs she had to take. So the first day of her next period, take some drugs um, to start this whole cycle. So they would be like super eggs, and she'd drop a bunch of eggs, and then take my sperm and like spin it around a solo thing, and then inject it to her. So it'd be like you know super potency or whatever. Um, and then like she's kept waiting. Like I haven't. Had, it's been like seven weeks. Like I haven't had my period yet. And then she like took a, a pregnancy test. Like oh, I'm just pregnant now. <laughs> so it's like. All right, so never mind. So we're like, you know, like this is like there's like three thousand dollars, like a trial or something, and they said they could be up to like four or five trials. Right. Where so they like, just inject your sperm into her, right? Yeah. Did I, did I miss something? Was it something you guys were, were having difficulty, or you just figured because of her age, you might want to? No, we we, and we, see what's we tried on. for like a year, and nothing that just didn't happen. Ah, I see. I see. Okay. So we were. I, I mean, it was like we had. If we don't. If we, if we have another kid. We have to do something, and then just whatever it just worked out. So, um, don't tell anyone, but that's right where we're at, too. It's okay. right at the stage where you just said. Um, 
no one's gonna listen to the podcast, and by the time we, they do, hopefully we'll just be pregnant. And We're all dead. Ever, so yeah. <laughs> no one's ever it'll take me. It'll take me six weeks to do the edit of this, anyways. Perfect. So we'll be pregnant by then. It'll be fine. But no. Uh, so these okay. so been, my doctor just let me jerk off at home. <laughs> really? That, yeah. That, that oh, was yeah, that, yeah. That was an option. I didn't remember it. Yeah, that, you can get it there under an hour, and you just like keep it under your armpit and keep it warm. So I jerk off at my home with my whips and my <laughs> That's chains. That's what I'm and talking about. I need to get off. You know? that people have sex at like 17 for the first time and you're pregnant and now you're like like they don't want it and now you're like like late 30s or mid to late 30s and you're like I want to we have to get pregnant like right now and it's like ah oh, sorry buddy no, but the, I mean the thing is though too this stuff is like so prevalent out there but like you're kind of alluding to earlier no one talks about it because it's like the shame and this black spot it honestly of... happens so much and just having kids or you know natural abortion or whatever you want to call it let alone like natural abortion what the fuck not natural abortion no like um oh god conception or no not conception just um no we'll just switch it to something else but like (laughs) uh one of Bridget's co-workers I mean she just tried everything she just couldn't get pregnant for whatever reason and it's just like all this shame and all this like sucky stuff and like trying to live up to this pressure of society it's just I don't know we think about it's kind of, there's too much emphasis on it you think about you know young girls growing up and you know it's like oh I'm gonna grow up and be a mommy you know it's kind of the first you know and so all of a sudden like, you get there and like I literally like this is you know this is not the accurate way but people think of it like the only reason I'm here is to have kids and I got my one you know I can't do that so you know it's it's it is the key to their identity in a yes. way which men do not have that correct I don't even know how it would feel because I don't give life into the world you know more than like gardening or whatever that's what I give life to the world yep. you know like yep yep yeah. yep I, I agree with that I agree with that well, this we're just on fire tonight, guys. I really feel like our conversations are on point. I'm, 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 I'm really into it. Uh, and and uh, I know. See you guys later. No, 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 this is stuff that we would never talk about with anybody else for the most part. No. And, no. like, no, that's, no. that's uh, once a month, we're getting better at talking about it. Not only is the conversation, like, very fluid and nice, but also th- we're telling better stories. I can already hear it. We're pausing for each other better. We're, if we forget some dumb detail, we just move on, you know? Like, we're getting better at telling the story, but also we're telling stories that we would not tell other people and thereby sure. easing our own psychic burdens yeah I mean I hadn't even mentioned like our issues with conceiving or not conceiving but just keeping the kids probably for like two or three years and sent to anyone you know and it just came out it's like oh now all of a sudden I'm kind of reliving some of it good and bad I mean it was all good in some way shape or form um it's just like god damn it's interesting our problem was we couldn't we could get pregnant on the drop of a hat I mean it didn't take anything we just couldn't keep the kids 
know. Tough to deal with, but I don't know. I mean, for us, realistically, when we stopped trying and just said, okay, you know what? It doesn't matter. If it's going to happen, it does. If not, we're going to be okay. That's when things figured itself out. Because stress affects the body. When you're so, when you're hung up on how it's going to go and you have the stress from it not going the right way the last time, and I mean, that stuff affects you just like unsaid trauma and unexamined and like sorted out, you know, like things in our past affect us every single day, even if you don't think about it. Because you've gotten so good at putting this thing in a box and keeping it away from yourself that you can't. That, that, that you don't even realize the effort that it requires to do so. Sure. God, I love putting things in boxes. So so <laughs> uh, putting there nicely, arranging them, and putting a nice lid on them, almost like a shoebox deal. And then putting that shoebox on top of another shoebox. Uh, um, well... We, uh, we, we know what, um, Ben's, well, I don't, we, I guess we don't know if that, but are, what are you proud of this month, Ben? That was pretty good. I mean, I've known for a little bit while, but, um, I guess the gender was, you know, we did, uh, so based on age, they do a, um, so they took Sammy's blood and they screened that, and you can tell, so it's, they screened for, uh, chromosomal disorders. Um, but they can also screen for uh, for gender or for sex, I guess. And so I found out at 12 weeks that it was, or I guess a couple weeks after that, but so it's girl. So we're going to have uh, the split and be done with it. <laughs> Two and through, baby. That's it. Did you cool. have something so that you really, uh, really wanted to share this week, though, as far as uh, something that really good that happened to you or that you were proud of That was most. So we got the... Uh, did the 12 week ultrasound so you got some pictures so it is pretty cool looking at the I mean it looks so, it looks so big on the screen but it's still like the size of I want to say a plum I think right now maybe like an orange or something so it's still pretty little but it, so when they're doing the stuff they're taking the they do these measurements and tests for all this stuff or whatever so like it, um, but it was like they had the hiccups like kept bouncing around it would like be like laying all of a sudden like bounce up in the air I don't know. It was pretty cute. I don't know. It's I, it's like so. Pretty, you saw that happen in real time. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So it's just like trying to. I you forget all the stuff. We were going through this when Harris was, you know, at this age or whatever. Like all the stuff, and it's just like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like oh, you know, trying to like so like the pregnancy food like, oh she can't have like deli meat. Like oh wait, is it like nitrate? Just if you want bacon, it has to be, like nitrate sure. or uncured nitrate free bacon or all this stuff. Whatever. So it's like all the stuff that I went through like. Almost exactly four years ago to the date, and like going back trying to like remember all this stuff, and just kind of like, like, oh yeah, like, oh oh yeah, it's just trying to like fall back and fall back in line with all this stuff, or whatever. But it's uh, exciting. Oh, good for you, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Good stuff, and you got a good house to bring them into, where you know you're settled and everything. That's really cool. Yeah, we're gonna switch our guest room. What our guest room is now, move the bed to the playroom, <clears throat> and just have that upstairs. So just have. So yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. We'll have our own room. Harris, you know, at that age, he'll be able to. Yeah, so he'll be. Help out. You know, I'm a four. You know, so. 
That's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it'll, it'll, I think the age will be good. It's basically more or less the same with me and my sister and then my sister and my brother. Pretty well spread out. I think, so, I don't know. It's, it's, oh, yeah. Like, you don't want what I got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want any piece of that whatsoever. They don't, they don't, because like a lot of people, on, you know, I've mentioned, I'm talking to people out there in the market or wherever. Like, oh, you know, two kids, you know, like, yeah, it's like three and a half, maybe two and a half. Like, oh, wow. They always ask you if they fight. They're like, do you just fight a lot? And I say, no, they really don't fight. They actually co-conspire. Yeah. They always co-conspire. Yeah. They rarely fight each other. They're always fighting us or, you know, she's egging him on to do something or, or get into something that she knows is already bad. But she also knows Fran that he'll do whatever she says or suggests. And next thing you know, they're eating toothpaste or they're just falling face first on the couch because it's fun or the recent thing is they pull all the sheets off of the bed and then climb onto the dresser and just like dive bomb onto the bed which I said like why do you have to pull the sheets off like you can still just dive bomb on the bed you know you pull the sheets off like, you're good that's what I do well it means you know you've got a good team you've made then yeah that's right yeah, they do work together pretty well to drive me crazy. That's so we had some friends over for dinner, and the one guy he's single, and he's. Uh, you told him. Rudy, anything that you're really proud of this month, or that, that, that really good uh, happened to you? No, nothing great. I mean, I'm just kind of same uh, deal as last. I just been working my ass off. I had to do the. Um, I had to work the state fair this year again, and. Um, Unfortunately, I did such a good job that I'll probably have to work it indefinitely. <laughs> so that's, that's my reward. Essentially, um, last year I was introduced to it. Um, all I did was kind of the physical piece of it. I didn't really um, put any thought into orders or logistics or anything like that. This year, I kind of quarterbacked the whole thing. And we made a lot of money, more than we did the year before or several years previous. And we probably do you sell the bread there? How do you make money? Oh yeah, we do. Um, uh, there are uh, there's three foot long stands. Um, two just we call them coney stands, so it just be a hot dog stand. And then there's one stand that does uh, hamburgers. So um, six stands all together. With six stands in the course of what is it, twelve days? Ben, ten days? Uh, um, Thursday. Minnesota State Fair, ten days. Twelve days. I can't remember. Twelve days in the course of twelve days, uh, Bimbo, or we made twenty-seven thousand dollars. Damn sales. Yeah, I mean you got to factor some shit out of there, but I mean we did about twenty-seven grand in sales. Now, here's the kicker, though. So, we sell a foot-long hot dog bun to three stands, all of which are kind of, like, family-owned, so it's, like, one entity. And that's how we build them, as one entity. On one day, the stands went through 777 packages of foot-long buns. There's six in a pack. It's roughly, like, 4,200 actual individual buns. 
you're selling these buns for seven dollars a pop that's about thirty two thousand dollars in sales so three stands footlong stands there's probably six or eight footlong stands in the entire fair three of them in one day sold about thirty two thousand dollars worth of uh, more than you sold in 12 days yeah i mean it's insane (laughs) and that's well, yeah, and they, they mark it up, so they're selling it at 7 bucks a pop, and 7 bucks a pop, these three stands made $32,000 in one day. That doesn't include... Well, they also have the hot dogs buy, right? Well, yeah, but they're all... I mean, they're marginal the shit out of it. But I'm talking three stands generated $32,000 worth of hot dog sales, and that doesn't include water, that doesn't include soda, um, onions, or cheese, or any of that other stuff. One day out of the fair, it's insane the kind of money that's going on in there. So I used to bank the, um, the, the the French fry, you know, the French fry stand, you know, the big one. Oh, it's so good. So that's that's they do twelve days. That's all they do the entire year, and they mm-hmm. make not revenue but net income of two million dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> net income, not revenue. Jesus, man. There's a lot of labor costs there. I mean, there's places. There. People, but no, I'm saying that's. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying revenue. I'm saying that's after, after. after oh, uh, their profit. Their profit oh, is, is a two million dollars a year. Wow. Dude, I saw it because I, I. There's like a. There's like this route that I take because I have to get. There's one stand that's in the midway area, and I have to kind of do the snake route, and I go behind one of the French fry stands. It, they're they're literally they have a fucking uh, forklift driver driving in a pallet of potatoes, they're opening the bags of potatoes and throwing them down the line, like, constantly. Like, it's like a 24-hour, oh, yeah. like, moving operation. There's no slowing down at all. So, holy shit. I could not believe it. It's so good. Did you get to have fun at the fair, or just, just work it? Did you guys get to, you guys get to make it well, this year? No, my one, yeah, I mean, I had two, so out of the 12 days, I had two days off, um, the stipulation, at least my boss, like, if I'm going to work it, I at least have to take my own family there yep. at some point, you know? So, yeah, so I worked, like, ten days in a row, and I had two days off, and I worked again another six or seven days in a row, because my reward for doing such a good job was to um, go back on another bread road afterwards and pull that money, so I am now... Okay, I saw it. I'll tell this real quick. Um, I went to the doctor about a month ago. Um, just the physical, all that stuff. Because I hadn't been there. Well, yeah, so I went for a physical, and they were like, oh, well, we haven't seen you for almost a year. Because I hadn't been back since I broke my collarbone. Which was... Um, Oh, actually, yeah, like legit a year ago, last uh, September. Is that a skateboarding injury? So, okay. Yeah, the skateboard injury up at the Tatsuki cabin. <clears throat> so, I'm sitting there getting the physical. I, the doctor's talking to me, and she's like, wow, you lost like about six pounds since we've last seen you. And she's, <laughs> what's your diet like? Like, well, a lot of pizza, a lot of beer, hamburgers, french fries, anything fried. And she just looked at me, was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, this is what I eat. 
I'm trying to mix in some greens or whatever every now and then. It's like, well, whatever you're doing, keep it up. And I told her, I, said, oh. yeah, I, I do like a very physical job. So, such a ridiculous metric of health to say that you lost six pounds. You doing that? Saying that you lost six pounds does not mean you're healthier than the year before. That doctor is a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm what you call skinny fat. So, like, uh-huh. I'm, I'm just fat really skinny and lean, but I, internally, I'm probably, like, an obese person, like, uh, I just read a whole book about it, dude, and it's about the amount of visceral fat that you have, like, the middle fat, and how mm-hmm. that accumulates in your liver and around your other organs, and there are a lot of people who are exactly that term, skinny mm-hmm. fat, and that's why this doctor that wrote The Hacking of the American Mind, and before that, Fat Chance. Um, it's like, oh, the metric of, of health, like, as weight and BMI is stupid. Like, you, oh, measuring sure. your waist circumference can be indica- indicative and helpful, but, like, to say, like, oh, keep it up when someone says they're eating a bunch of fucking garbage all day, <laughs> is, like, it's not, it's, it's reckless. Like, that's fucking, sure. I've pissed that person. Not that you are doing no, something no. wrong, but that's a doctorate, you know? <clears throat> no, it's all goofy, because, I mean, my cholesterol, well, you know, because Bridget went on this cholesterol kick because her mom, of course, you know, died of um, was like heart disease and stuff. So she got her cholesterol in. It was like the overall number, I think, was 220, which I guess is borderline. So she kind of flipped out. Um, I went in and I was like 203, which on this sheet of paper says I'm exactly normal. But you can five minutes on the internet and I could be like the most. Um, per, uh, you know, I could be dying at this point. <clears throat> Don't diagnose yourself on your own. Like so, we'll see, but that's, you know, modern medicine. So, so goofy. I mean, these doctors, they just, go, I mean, nowadays they just go in and it's all, like, pre-prescribed. So, you give them, like, some data and they put it into a system and they give you an output. So, Finney, you always talk about, you know, say, my doctor. So, how often do you go to the doctor, I guess? Uh, you know, I, I, I have more doctor's appointments than, uh, than most because of, you know, I have a couple a year for my pancreas. Um, I actually just went had an endoscopy, so I was put under uh, with propofol and had a tube stuck down my throat to look at my pancreas. And, um, and it was uh, indeterminate. So, like, rather than being something that was bad enough that you could actually, like, diagnose chronic pancreatitis, Mm -hmm. they said if we were just looking at no other information, we'd say you have, like, two out of the three signs. So you're you're looking pretty good. Um, And considering that it's a progressive disease and that, like, it hasn't gotten worse since my incident almost two years ago, um, the doctor was really hopeful and positive and, like, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, I didn't tell him that I'd been eating all junk food and, (laughs) <laughs> drinking a bunch of beer, I told him. Well, yeah. But, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down, uh, you know, to 180 pounds, and I did three pull-ups the other day. I'd never done a pull-up in my life until about two months ago. Um, and I also have more appointments because of, uh, like, to be prescribed a controlled substance, you have to see your doctor a little more often. <laughs> Finney, is with the pancreatitis, so, like, even... Is it considered something that gets worse even if you abide by, like, all the rules that they want you to? 
So my understanding is yeah. So if I would have been further along, if it, if I would have not stopped my drinking and smoking of cigarettes until my pancreas was more damaged, I then the it just it, it's the thing that makes the digestive enzyme for your stomach, and instead of them going and working on the stomach when it's chronically inflamed, they're essentially breaking it down. Um, and so then every time you eat, you get a ton of pain. And it, everyone, when I tell them about it, they're like, oh my God, that's one of the most painful things you can have. Um, but I just had pain for those couple of days and I haven't had any serious pain at least since then. And I, 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 think, I think I'm fucking fine, to be honest. Um, I'm not gonna start drinking again. Um, because I'm way happier now um, and all kinds of stuff. But uh, I also suspect that part of my reason for having it was because of the pesticides we were exposed to at Scott. Um, I've, I've done a little more research on that, and there's definitely evidence of the kind of stuff we were exposed to causing pancreatitis. So I Honestly, I, could, I almost wish that I could have the time to figure it out, but I think that there's a good chance my vitiligo is mm-hmm. related to um, the um, exposure on the oh, fuck what is it the Roundup for sure. Yeah. Well, there's there's that and a million other chemicals we were exposed to. That was just I mean, one of them. It was literally you know? just all chemicals. I mean, it was, it was nothing but chemicals yeah. we were exposed to. Dude, that shit that we used to spray on the beams to get off the stickers that Home Depot made us do because they're too dumb to use magnets. Yeah. That shit's now banned because it can cause like instant death. Did you spray like in your oh, face yeah. or something? Or was it or is it really somebody did somebody spray it right in their face? Oh, no, I sprayed right in my face multiple times. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the oh. gooby gun or whatever it was. Oh it was yeah, the nastiest shit, especially in the aerosol. Oh, well, it was always freezing cold when we did it off the outside beams. And they could have just used fucking magnets, but they're too shot yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely regret some of that for sure. Okay, I, I, you know what I've come to believe is that a lot of the things that we're going through as a country and a society are based on the cognitive dissonance that we feel by doing things that we know are like probably like not okay in some way, um, but we just do them every every day anyway because they're what everyone else does because it's normal to us. Like, whether that be using a ton of fossil fuels because we kind of know that the climate's fucked, but we don't believe that we can make a difference, you know, so we just do it because everyone else does. Or being someone who's been, like, kind of, you know, sort of environmentally conscious my whole life, but then also working for a company like Stop the Miracle Grow, like, what? And so I think, like, the cognitive distance that's caused by behaving against what we know is kind of the right thing to do or in our best interest causes all these other weird behaviors and hatred and fear and all this shit. Um, oh, I absolutely There agree. literally was just a uh, class action Rondo commercial that aired on my TV as we, as we were talking about this. It's kind of funny. <laughs> People told me to sign up. Um, I, I've considered it, you know, um, but I don't think uh, that any court is going to give money to a guy who got pancreatitis who is a <laughs> no, it's actually funny. So, I mean, I'm to piggyback on that. I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious of like just what I'm throwing away versus what I know could be recycled. But 
you know, you stop into that gas station and you try to empty out your car because it's filthy. It was like mine. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, that can go. And I'll just hold on to that. I can recycle that at home. Because a lot of gas stations don't have recycling, at least out here. Uh, but it was hilarious. So I thought about it the other day. The one thing that pisses me off is when you go to a grocery store. And I like for me, I'm in grocery stores early morning. And I'll just buy like a Mountain Dew. Which let's not get into that. I'll buy one. I'll buy one Mountain Dew. Okay, I'll buy a single Mountain Dew at like at the self checkout, and I got this goddamn receipt that's like two feet long popping out. I'm just like, what the fuck do I even need this for? I'm not even gonna look at it. I know Mm -hmm. what I paid for it. Like it's gonna be debited. I can see it on my account. I will not look at any of the ads or go to any of the places that they want me to. And it's just gonna go into the garbage. And if I can't find a recycling in the next, like, five seconds, it's going to go into, like, just the standard waste dump. And then I, <laughs> I just happen to be on Reddit, and there's a whole subreddit dedicated to uh, it, CVS. Yeah, CVS oh, yeah. receipts. Because yeah. they give you these fucking receipts that are, like, you know, seven feet tall <laughs> or seven feet long. It's hilarious. But that, that's, I guess, one of my pet things is getting those stupid receipts. You know, I've been becoming more environmentally conscious uh, or trying to behave better, I guess. I've stopped recycling plastic <laughs> because I've been, like, hearing a lot of stuff on it. And um, essentially, you know, recycling has always been this thing that, like, works because it's profitable, mm-hmm. which is fine to be profitable, but it was with <clears throat> all the China, you know, and they would recycle it, quote, maybe, if they could make money on it, right? Mm-hmm. In actuality... They would recycle it if it was profitable for them. So oh. in the process of shipping all this waste, uh, recycled goods or whatever to China, um, <clears throat> you know, it, 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 um, would oftentimes either get, you know, look, maybe blown off into the ocean or whatever. Sure. Or more likely, it would get there. The econ- economic circumstances at the time weren't, um, right for it to be profitable. So they just dump it in the fucking ocean. Right, and and also China has stopped accepting our recycled goods. So a vast majority of our recycling in the country right now is either being going into a landfill anyway, so you're just shipping it all around, sorting it, and then putting it in a landfill, or saving it for a place they can send it that'll be profitable. Or um, I think those are the options, right? But um, in the case of plastic, even if it was profitable. Um, so much ends up going into the ocean that they now have found microplastic in the rain in places that aren't near people at all. And, like, the rain is supposed to be the way we clean our fucking water. And if we've got plastic in our rain, we are fucking fucked. So they say it's better to just send that shit straight to a landfill that doesn't end up in your fucking water supply. Interesting. Just in the case of plastic. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. everything. Sure, sure. And, and like aluminum and stuff, I still recycle that. But I'm trying to throw away my plastic because I, I should. It also makes me think about it differently. Like if I'm using it, mm. just because it's recycled doesn't make it okay. You know? That's a bumper sticker right there. Throw away your plastic. <laughs> my bumper sticker well, lately is <clears throat> "Love Cool Again." <laughs> <clears throat> well, I get that too because you. Like I'm even just trying to like reuse 
things just like once or twice that I could have yeah. not saying like plastic bottles and shit like that that messes you up but things I would have just thrown away like immediately like trying to get like some extra use out of it if possible but yeah I was listening to some podcasts and they're talking about like even if you don't like so like the plastic tops on the um like the water bottles those plastic tops they need to actually be unscrewed when you put it in your recycling bin if you put that plastic top on the recycling bottle and just throw it in your because it's a different type of plastic a different like um thickness it could ruin the whole batch even if they were trying to recycle it like the recycling waste that's generated from people throwing the wrong types of recyclables in with other stuff is phenomenal. Yeah, it's a program designed to make us feel better. Um, exactly. And plastic is an amazing stuff. It works it's so just well. It's a horrible thing for one-time use. No, I know, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I gotta get more on the water bottles and stuff like that. I could do better. I mean, I'm we all could do better. Yeah, I suppose. Damn. Gotta, so we've been having a garage sale. <laughs> Sorry, were you done, Rudy, or not? Yeah, I'm done. I got <laughs> So I'm gonna go with what I was proud of this month, I think, and uh, and I think the thing I'm most proud of this month, although there are quite a few, is either. Uh, the garage sale we've been having, uh, because it's been a couple years in the making, and Kirsten and I have, we bought this house that we love, and, and we moved in, and we, you know, started working and doing all the shit, and we just bought stuff, and more stuff, and some of it was a great deal, and some of it's great stuff, you know, but, like, this house is just full of stuff, the garage is full of stuff, and it was, it was an it, it still is a, an affliction that we both have where we just, you know, see something, we want it, so we get it. And even for, for, without thinking about how much money you spend, like, it's just like all the stuff in your life becomes also like a mental, like, burden for me at least, where like, it's just like you look at it and makes your mind more cluttered, I think. Um, and then you're like moving stuff to get at the other stuff or when people come over or whatever. And so we've been talking about doing this garage sale, but a garage sale is like a ton of fucking work. Mm-hmm. And um, sure. and to do it for one week uh, wasn't going to cut it because we have so much stuff. So what I did is we've got this really great big garage. And I bought sawhorses and, and plywood, and I've got um, and set those up like on the edges. And then I have this ladder that turns into a, like two ladders and a painting platform. So a little giant. So I put a, a ladders propping up like a table that has more stuff in the middle. And then like uh, the, the clothes are in between the aisles on PVC pipes and they're hooked up to light hangers for a hydroponic garden. So all the clothes can go up. So at the end of the day or the weekend or whatever, the clothes go up, the other tables that are out in the driveway go back in, the elliptical, the couch that we haven't sold, you know, goes back in table slides and it all just fits together in this really cool way and in this third weekend of doing it um not in a row but we've made almost twenty five hundred dollars so much shit nice that's crazy dude hook it up fuck yeah dude um and one of the things we sold was the truck you said that yeah oh yeah, you're gonna be uh, buried I, in that truck. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. It was being buried in well, my yard. You, you bought it at a garage sale. You bought it at a garage sale. I did, yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's this 91 Toyota truck that me and Ben, or after Ben stopped the lawnmower business, I had to buy a truck so I wasn't just mooching off him. So my parents <laughs> got me this truck, and, and it, it brought me from us working together. It's the lawnmower business to Scott's, drove me out here, and it was the only one of two cars I ever owned, well, kind of owned until the company car but the thing is my mom bought that truck and she had transferred over the title to me at some point like when i moved out here but she gave me the form that she filled out to transfer it like a copy of it or something but not the actual title so i haven't had the title ever and kirsten tried to get it a few years ago and it never showed up so then finally we're like okay we need to we're gonna move we need to get rid of this truck sure over a year it took almost a year of her writing like shit tons of letters and doing all kinds of shit to get this title Mm. and uh when in the meantime like since the truck's just been like sitting there being a planter for (laughs) it was driven in fucking five years i don't think damn Uh, uh, yeah, I don't have the skills, the time, or any of that, but I felt that way for a long time, too. You got the money. So, I do now that I sold the truck. So, uh, <laughs> we were, the truck sat there, and at least four times a year, someone would come up to the door, and they would knock, or they would leave a note, or they would stop me when I was mowing the yard to ask to buy the truck. <laughs> but what? And I almost even sold it once, but I didn't have the title. So we finally had gotten the title not too long before this garage sale. And, you know, the first day or the second day or whatever, people, you know, come up. And a lot of times it's, it's, it's immigrants, you know, because these the old oh, Toyotas are they super know, well, popular yeah, they know good. in other countries because and here because they last forever and they're easy to fix. And so these guys were from Honduras, and they bought it for 700 bucks. Yes. It's like, great. You know, I would have paid them to take it practically. <laughs> and the truck is going to live a second life in Honduras. <laughs> oh, they're taking it back to Honduras? They're sending it to their brother, yeah. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Oh, I'm like, so please me pictures. I really want, you know, this, I really want to see what this truck's life is like, you know, from here on out. Please, like, let me know, uh, uh, you know, what it gets to do, because we've got a long and storied history together. <laughs> well, no, but that it was, was um... a mental unburdening, you know? I feel so much better now. Nice. There was a guy that I used to work with at um, the hospital when I worked um, doing that patient transport stuff back in the day. He was from Nigeria, and he was going to school here um, and then working at the hospital part-time. He was always on Craigslist. And he was like, dude, what are you doing? He's always looking at cars. I'm like, don't you have? Like, yeah, I thought you just bought a car. He's like, Rudy, listen. I'm buying these cars. Like, he was making money buying Honda and Toyota, paying to put them on a rail car to ship them down to Florida, and then from there, they get on a boat and travel to Nigeria. They were sell- He was buying them here and selling them back in Nigeria and making them. That's how he was paying for his college tuition. It's pretty crazy. Fuck Christ. Yeah, I was like, damn, dude. But yeah, Honda, Toyota, no one forever. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, so it's our third weekend, and we've had like all kinds of repeat business. People come back and bring their friends, and <laughs> met all kinds of neighbors, and more people try to buy the tomatoes, the tomato plants, practically, than the uh, than the stuff I'm selling. 
conversation. And also, one of the things I've been doing is anybody, you know, can have either a free soda water or a free beer if they want while they're shopping. Ooh, shit. Uh, is that legal in Michigan? I don't fucking care. I'm just giving them a beer to a neighbor. I don't think that'd be a deal. It's probably technically illegal, but, like, I really don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> well, that's, no, like, my problem right now is, like, I could probably fill two of those giant, like, construction-sized dumpsters with crap that's in my house and in my garage. But yeah. I am pissed of the fact that most of it will go straight into a landfill. That's what we were talking about. You got a, a whole room that's in the basement that's just not junk, but just stuff. So it's like, you know, kind of waiting. People buy shit you would never expect. So I have sold shit that I would have thrown the fuck away. Tons of no, it. and I, I, I get that. Like, I could put the t- I don't have the time. That's the problem. Yeah. I do not have the time to sit here and, like, figure it out. I barely would have the time to throw it in the dumpster, even if it was sitting yeah. 20 feet from my house. It, it becomes a burden. It's a, I tell people we're selling our stuff to buy our freedom. And I mean it. Um, and today, we also sold, I sold, um, my Finny's Fun Guys sold our first mushrooms uh, to a person at the garage sale. I was talking about them, and they're like, how much? And I was like, huh? I was like, how much are you selling them for? I said, well, I'm not, but, you know, if you want to be Finny's Fun Guys' first customer, I'll sell you a pound, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're, we bought a half, a half pound of, of mushrooms, and uh, we took some pictures and put it on Instagram, and uh, <laughs> now Anthony's Fun Guy was born. How? Uh, what's the market rate for a half pound of mushrooms? Um, so I kind of cheated myself out of a couple dollars, because when we sell mushrooms to restaurants, yeah. that rate is of uh, oyster mushrooms is about $8 Ooh. a pound, um, but... For mushrooms at like a farmer's market to consumers of, of, of this variety, um, we'd be more like you know twelve to fourteen dollars a pound. So okay. I lost a couple bucks, but that's okay. I do have another idea for mushrooms if you're interested. Tell me, mushroom colonics. What? Make a ton of money in Hollywood. Mushroom uh, colonics. Mushroom <laughs> water shooting it up rich guys' assholes. Make a ton of money, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'll I don't know. I'm I'll just saying. Mushroom to the colonic people, I guess. I'm just but. saying, mushroom colonics, that could be like the new trend, the big deal. Yeah, all you got is like this one, you got to have one person that gets it done on Instagram or Twitter. You will be in business forever. Uh, you know what I am thinking about um, more than shoving pe- mushrooms up people's asses <laughs> is having assholes help me shovel mushrooms. So uh, <laughs> um, I, I have this idea that, like, um, you know, I don't know if I've told you guys this thing, but like, I, you know, I think we all want to do like more at some point, like whatever that means to each individual, <clears throat> their own thing. Whether it's more time with your family or more time, you know, more for more people or more, you know, as in owning your own business or you know, more for the environment, whatever. And then life happens and we come up with very good reasons that are rational of why we can't. And, um, you know, but there's people who have greater obstacles than I do that do a lot more than I do, right? Um, and I'm trying through Finney's Fungi and other stuff to show myself 
and learn how to do more than sell toxins. Because, like, I'm really good at selling intoxicants and toxins, you know? Oh, yeah. I, and I, I enjoy it. But, you like, it's born not really... To do it. help, uh, well, I, you know, I was born to do it for a while. It's not really <laughs> helpful, though, you know? Um, and so I want to do things that are more helpful. And in the process of doing that, I want to help teach other people that they can do that, too, for themselves. And the way that translates into Finney's Fungi is, instead, is that, like, as this business grows, I want to set it up almost like a franchise. To where, like, I can teach someone else to do this, and if they go through a certain level of certification and quality standards, they can even be called Finney's Fun Guy, and like, um, have you know, they can get their own, you know, you know, level of financial independence or provide food for their community that's healthy, you know, or or you know, medicinal substances or whatever, um, and I can teach them how to grow it and sell it, and um, there's the end stage of the mushroom business can really just be buying a myceliated block um, of five to ten pounds of like substrate in a plastic bag and putting it in like a humid grow tent that has air circulation and an exhaust fan and that's super super easy like it's way easier than gardening or anything and anyone can really do it and they can then buy those things the myceliated blocks and stuff from me right um, and then you don't have to trans. I don't have to like transport my mushrooms all over. Like there can be a finny fungi in Minneapolis and Duluth and Fargo and Chicago and wherever you know. Um, What's the yield from a block like that? More. I um, I think it can be anywhere from a hundred percent efficiency is considered good. So ten. You know, I'm not going to answer that question because I don't think I'm going to get it right. But uh, you can get at least a couple pounds of mushrooms from a five-pound block, like two to three pounds is what they normally go for. But it really depends on the variety. Um, yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. But the, the, the material that you're putting in is like wood pellets that you mm. um, like would heat your house with and soybean hulls that are mixed with water and spawn. So it's like a dollar that goes into something that you could, you know, sell those two pounds of mushrooms for 16 or $24, depending on the does variety the, or whatever. Does the type of wood that you put in affect the, um, the overall flavor profile of the mushroom? I don't know. Um, I don't think it, it, people like talk about that very much, but the type of wood that you use affects how each individual strain likes it. Like, it affects the flavor for the mushroom that's eating it, right? Hmm. Like, the mushroom likes certain kinds of wood. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. One day I'll get it. I'll figure it out. Um, yeah, so that was cool. And I also went four days without smoking weed this month, which is a good thing to do, too. Why'd you do that? Um, I, I've been tracking my habits. So I have a calendar that has some slots on it, um, and I track each day whether I do my morning routine. <laughs> a yearly slot calendar? That's yeah, because awesome. yeah, I'm trying to be less sloth-like, and I'm going to run awesome. on this one. Speed kills sloths. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it does. Damn. Uh, 
so I tracked whether I did my morning routine of uh, at least 10 push-ups, 10 minutes of meditation, mm-hmm. and 100 jump ropes. Um, I tracked whether I took Adderall or not that day. Okay. I tracked whether I did any additional exercise that day. And I tracked if I did any additional meditation. And I tracked if I didn't smoke weed. Oh, this is the first month I built that out. Um, in 20 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I track whether I took a microdose or not that day. <laughs> and this last month of, of July was, or August rather, was my best month in all categories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, microdose is neither positive nor negative; it's just sure. meditation. But yeah, like I didn't take Adderall for like 18 days, and I did my um, meditation for like 20, and yeah, it was. It was seen improvement definitely month to month so is there any withdrawal effect from the Adderall uh not in the way that you would think of it from another from like a real drug like not that Adderall is not a real drug but you don't have the like withdrawal from alcohol or even caffeine you just might be like tired or moody or Mm. Yeah, um, it depends on you know each individual and how much you use and everything. But President of the United States, for though, I don't know if I'd want that. Um, I can do better, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, yeah, I get that. Well, I mean, why are you tracking it all down? Just because you're like so added out that you have to like write stuff down. <laughs> No, I read this book called Atomic Habits, and it was talking about how you need to start with small steps. Like, that's why I started with just 10 push-ups, even though now I normally do 20 to 40 a day and 100 jump ropes. Either Now I do 200 to 400, you know? Um, and, and you start with really little things so that you accomplish them and you're successful. And then if you keep track of them then you uh, you know if you're improving or not. And when you do improve, it makes you feel good. And when you don't, you know you should try harder. Um, and also, it's just, like, fun. I have a different color for each of those things. And I write a, yeah, no, for real. And I write no, a little cool. line on my uh, <clears throat> calendar so I get, like, a rainbow. Hell yeah. Give yourself oh, a gold nice. star. That's what I'm talking about. Do you, yeah, do you like write you like, on like a literal calendar? You write this down, or you have like a spreadsheet or something? Like a... No, it's a calendar, a wall calendar with oh. pictures of slobs. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's really and it's fun. Like I always thought, like positive behavior change, like trying to like improve, was stupid. You know, but like it turns out, it's actually really fun. Who knew? You got to make it. Yeah, fun, okay. You can make it fun, I think. Is the... You know, I just found it inherently fun, right? I started doing it, kind of. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I did make it fun. I used the colors, and I bought the sloth one. Although it was just the cheapest, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, they're, yeah, they're undervalued. Here, I'm going to add you guys to the video real quick so you can see it, because it's just, like, super tight. <laughs> Yep. Let's 
It's a great radio. Oh, you got some sloth too, right? Oh yeah. There's the sloth. This is this month's sloth. Bunch of bananas. <laughs> oh, sexy. Yeah, look at that guy. Six speed kills for sloth. <laughs> I didn't know such a thing as even existed. They're good for stopping your slothfulness. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, video over. Ban the video. Fuck the video. This is, a audio, this is an audio medium. Yeah, this is an audio medium. I don't know how to stop it, though. <laughs> I'm still looking at sloth. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. You know, we can see you too, right? <laughs> Now Finney's taking off his pants too. I don't get it. <laughs> All right, I blocked that Rudy's video so he can't see me. Can you guys still see mine? I can see both of yours. Yes. Oh god damn it! Make it go away. <laughs> Use mute video. Oh, this is a mistake. I'm sorry. I don't want it. Fuck that shit. All right, Rudy's video. There you go. Yep. Now you're yep. Good. Thank God. I had to look at Rudy's fucking face. Well, Rudy didn't have to turn your video on. Why'd you turn your video on? I don't know. I just tried to press something when Finney said he was putting video. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's all, all kinds of good stuff this month. It's been a, it's been a good month. Good. Good to hear. Uh, Rudy, um, anything that's been particularly hard for you this month? Any any real challenges? Uh, no, I mean, it's just... It's the same thing as last time just working my ass off um i would say i've probably been a little bit better with just dealing with i mean at this point i'm in what you call rough shape so i mean i'm going to sleep at a decent time bridget's we've all kind of come together and gotten on the same page so bridget's she's starting later at work the kids don't have to go to daycare as early as they were um late spring early summer she's being pretty graceful and putting him down at the same time. well that's a, that's a separate thing i'll get back to that in a second but we've all kind of found our groove so to speak so i'm getting a little bit more sleep um still working the early mornings which is okay and there's actually i said last month but this time there is actual light at the end of the tunnel so starting next week i will not have to pull any bread routes probably for at least a month which will give me plenty of time to excuse me catch up on everything that i need to do from a work perspective and a personal perspective but you know like what ben was talking about earlier um, you know, with the kids, those rough points, they're getting better, and I'm just more aware of when they're going to arrive, and that's helped me to deal with it, because for me, it's not the early mornings, it's not the bedtime, it's getting them right home, or getting them home from daycare and walking in the door, and that's when they just go, like, absolutely apeshit, so... I already know when it's going to happen, and that's allowed me to kind of, like, prepare myself and get, I don't know, come up with ways to diffuse it before it arises. It's working out, but, I don't know, it's just life. I mean, I would ultimately, like, where you're at, Finny, you know, with you have your calendars and you're trying things out, 
that's hopefully where I want to be in maybe two to three years. Mm-hmm. Will I get yeah. there? I don't know. I mean, I I know for me, like I know the hobbies and the things that bring me joy. Like it's reading, it's writing, it's painting, um, listening to music, you know, playing the guitar. I already know. I already have those things just waiting for me to get into. I just don't have time. You know, I've been so lucky in my process of having to change and now wanting to change that I, A, don't have kids and that I have a job that, like, allows me to engage with it fully when I need to or have to or or want to. Um, But, like, for a large part, like, it allows me to just, like, take the time I need to 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 do the things that are outside of that. Sure. uh, and even more so, like, when I was trying to figure out, like, just how not to drink and how not to drink and, and still sell beer, it it dragged me out for a week at a time to go sell beer when I wasn't sure if I could really do it. And even though I felt like shit and I was like, oh, man, like, how the fuck am I doing this? I, I'm, I, I'm not, don't feel effective. I was still good at it. And people told me so. So I, I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing okay, you know. And that really time of being in intensive travel mode um, was helpful during that period for me. But um, for most people, like, there's not time to do self-improvement. The grind just goes on. Yeah, Yeah, I get that. I I mean, there's a lot of various reasons for that, but I mean, I I look forward to the time when those things will fall into play. It's already, for me, it's already established. I mean, I can start working out tomorrow and already have, like, a routine and know what I need to do. I just can't get it because even the days that I could set aside to wake up early to go work out, I have to walk my dog. I'm walking my dog at 5.30 in the morning. So I can't get up any earlier because then I would be back to my normal non-sleep pattern. So, um, I don't know. It's a lot of thinking and pre-planning for the future at this point. But I will say this, though. Bridget is also very supportive of everything, and she's starting to get to a point where she's thinking about those things, too. So we're able to have conversations together about, you know, yeah, we need to go, we need to start working out again. We need to start doing this. You know, we're, and that's a lot of it at this point with having two kids and, you know, no real, like, support structure. Um, it's just constantly, like, talking about it, talking about it, because eventually it will come to fruition. Yes, speech is the pre- precedent, precedent. You don't have action without talking about it first. Yeah. But, I mean, all that being said, I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm not happy with everything. So this, I would guess, or not guess, I would say is a short-term pain for a long-term gain. I just didn't mean to rhyme that, but... um, So I don't know if I mentioned, I thought I talked about how how busy I was at work and then we hired a new analyst. Did I mention that or not? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that you were going to, yeah. Yeah, so we did. So she moved over a couple weeks ago. And so it was the first approach about like, hey, do you do you are you gonna have the time or whatever? The you know, are you interested in helping 
um, you know, with training. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever I can do to, you know, get some stuff off my plate, I'm 100% behind or whatever. And so I guess at that time I thought maybe that she was a little further along than she actually is. So it's just been, um, so I've been doing training mode pretty hardcore for probably somewhere between two to four hours every day, more or less, the past three weeks. Which is not my strong suit in explaining what I do for my job. So I've been doing what I do for. I figure. I, oh, I figure. She asked me, and I had to. Figure, I hadn't thought about it, but for. Oh shit! I'm in, uh, twelve years now. So that's a long time to do something and be able to like explain to somebody who's never done it before why you're doing something. Like I don't know. I do it that way. <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff. So, obviously, so it's just um, trying to get my... So, obviously, while I'm doing this, I'm not as able to work on the stuff that I actually need to work on. So, there's some uh, balancing, I guess, between getting done what I need to get done while also training this person who, in the long term, will help me get done what I need to get done. So, it's just not... I say, again, it's not a bad thing, necessarily, just trying to... um, uh, time management is the biggest thing in my job and so I'm really focusing now on time management with managing my time let alone somebody else's time at the same time if that makes sense so it's just been trying to uh, wrap my brain around that whole situation which is um, so I'm doing my job and then explaining what I'm doing while I'm doing my job and then walking somebody else through doing my job while she's doing it. It's just kind of a weird, kind of meta, maybe. I don't know. It's just... Um, Do you find it valuable to have to, like, think about it in a different way and then explain it? There is. So, you know, like, why did, why did you do that? So there's... So, okay. I You know, I have some a little OCD on some stuff, but, um, like, I prefer various fonts or a font size or, like, I you know, the pagination of a document should be, you know, this should be, you know, um, this needs to be here on this page, and this, so, this, uh, so, that, you know, I, I do worry I'm passing off, like, some of my uh, uh, neurotics, I guess, onto this poor girl, <laughs> um, but, um, yes, I mean, being able to explain my job to somebody shouldn't be difficult, right, in theory? Like, that's what I do for whatever, eight hours every day. I just sit there and grind. But, um, so there, yeah. So she has a finance background, but not necessarily, but she's worked in, so she's only 24 also, which is, trying to think of myself at 24. This is how you do a job is part of it, not just how you do this job. It's her first job after her degree, probably. So she worked, she's worked at the bank for two years, but in the non-lending part of the bank. So it's this is all new to her. I mean, so it's I don't know. It's 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 she's she's smart and she's getting it, and she's again it's been three weeks. So you know I'm not you know I'm not gonna throw the baby out the bathwater or anything at this point. But you know she's getting it and it's encouraging. It's just um, you know it's like you know I start you know I get there and I have to do X Y Z. I, I, so I, I, that's kind of the first thing I told her. She sat with me one day when everything was on fire one day. So I kind of say, so, you know, every night, you know, kind of before I leave and then kind of before I go to bed and then kind of on the way over, it's like, okay, I'm going to get this thing done and then I get this thing to Dan and then I'm going to get this to Steve and then 
doing this a little bit, and then like I get to work in like an hour, and it's like everything is like getting calls and emails, and people are stopping over, and it's like yeah, whatever I expected to do that day is just thrown out the window, and just you know putting off fires left and right. And there was one day she sat with me last week, and it was exceptionally bad, and she's like, so do you like know what you're doing like during the day? I was like, this is more or less it, just putting off fires, whatever, whoever's yelling at me the loudest is what I'm focusing on at any particular time or whatever. So it is, so she kind of got it trial by fire pretty quick on the first week. It's kind of, I don't know, not funny, but like, just the way she commented was like, like, is it always this kind of chaotic? And I was like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, I need to think. She's like, okay, well, at least, you know, knowing that, I guess, is, you know, or seeing it is kind of good, I guess, but, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of when the, I yeah go ahead oh so when I trained Kim which was the first in, in, here in Michigan the first person I hired to help me who hadn't been in the beer industry before and was trying to teach her how I do stuff and I do stuff like real weird and you know like not always the right way but it's the way I do it my first issue was equivocating between this is what I do and this is the right way to do it <laughs> figure out you somewhere in between mm-hmm. and that was just as confusing for people and then I've, 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 like, I've, I've had that. I've experienced ahead. that. I've experienced that for sure. And then, as I was, um, you know, kind of doing that and learning not to do that, I, 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 you know, figure out how to explain myself. And like explaining and you know, teaching is not the same thing as doing. It is a completely no, different process. Nope, I agree with that. And in that explaining, sometimes I'd be like, "Oh wow, like." I do that really dumb. I should not do it that way anymore. Like, you talk it through, and you're like, that, you know, that's just not the right thing. I'm going to change the way I do it. Or I'd be like, oh, wow, I'm really good at that. You know, do that or don't, you know, but, like, that's something I do better than everyone else, you know. And I have found explaining what I do to be, to definitely makes me better at doing it. It's a different muscle that you're exercising, I guess. I mean, so, you know, I throw my headphones on and I've got my list of deals I need to get written and I need to analyze. And I kind of just, you know, you know, not zone out, but kind of just, you know, go into kind of a, you know, if I need to, I kind of go into a trance-like stase and just kind of pound it out. But now I'm like, you know, headphones out, having somebody sit next to me, like literally like just talking through everything I'm doing while I'm doing it. It's just kind of a, it's a, it's a different muscle that I don't, Exercise, I guess, you know, but now I am exercising and it's, it was, uh, it's, it's getting stronger, I guess, so, but that, to, not to kill us analogy, I guess, but. No, I think it's a great analogy. I think that's really good. Well, congratulations on doing something hard that'll make you better. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's what we're trying to do. That's life, I guess, or whatever. Yep. It is, you know, it, uh, she's not, she's all, you know, not to putting people into a box but a uh, 24 year old girl who's getting married in a couple of weeks versus me has you know been through some battlefields and was a uh, there's uh, so she's you know so she's so she's been in making for two years and everything's been you know worldwide economy more, more or less the past two years has been rainbow and sunshines whereas when I was growing up and making it was everything was going to fucking hell and I've seen some of the worst in people going through this and some of what can go bad. You know, basically everything goes bad at some point, you know, no matter what you do. So it is kind of a, you know, 
uh, you know, oh, you naive sweet child, you know, <laughs> everything's everything's gonna blow up at some point in time pretty soon. But uh, inverted yield curve. Yeah. I'm, well, yeah, I mean, to that, you kind of have your pulse on it a little bit. A lot of people talking about how we're going to get into, like, another horrible depression. It, well, I wouldn't say it. I, I, there will be a recession at some point. I mean, there, that's just that's just inevitable. Um, depending on the horizon, who knows? It's They're not unpredictable, but they're tough to predict. But... Um, uh, what occurred in the last one? It'd be more similar to like the uh, 2001 recession than the 08 recession, ideally. Because the, there's well, we'll we'll find out, I guess. But that's my hope, at least, that the whole fucking everything doesn't blow up again and we just have a slag for a couple quarters, and then we get back to normal. But we'll, we don't know until we get the ready. Do you train a lot of people like to do your job? Have you trained anyone to do your job? Yeah, I've trained uh, some people like on what I, what like my actual job is, and I've trained people on like how to do like an act like the job I've been doing for the last couple of months, and it definitely keeps you pressed. A lot of it is, it's not so much training; it's just like constantly talking to the process of, like, what makes a good bread man <laughs> what doesn't, you know? Um, but, like, my biggest challenge, I guess, is, like, I'm trying to coach individuals who have been in this industry for, you know, 15, 20 years on how to be more efficient and more productive out there. So I've been kind of faced with, like, a lot of stubborn people and like, oh, I know how to do this and, you know, what are you talking about? But when you show them the data, that's when, like, it, it all of it comes, like, full circle. It's like, yeah, that's great. You've been doing it this way, but you're actually losing money every, you know, every time you go out there. You're, you're not like doing yourself because it's commission based so you have to uh-huh. doing yourself a disservice you know if you're losing money you know, why are you losing money and then you dig into the data so that's what's something that's very interesting and what I like is that this industry is very data based mm-hmm. and we have all of it we can show them you know down to the specific item for a specific account what's happening in real time so having that opportunity to sit with them and be like, hey, this is what's actually going on and then interpreting that data with them. So I've actually become really good at interpreting data and putting a spin on it. Not necessarily a spin where, you know, I don't want to be like one of these company guys that are like just touting like the same jargon over and over again. But when you look at the data and you know the person, you know the individual of like their habits and what they do out there, then you can really put it together and have like some meaningful conversations. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I do a lot of training and a lot of it's constant coaching, training, like for improvement, that kind of stuff. So I've, in a short amount of time, I've actually come to know as someone that isn't full of bullshit, so that is probably for me like the greatest satisfaction to get away from the whole thing. That's 
Awesome. You know, I, I asked the question to you, Rudy, because I, I was generally interested in the answer, and it's something that I thought you would be good at, because you don't have, like, the air of, like, this is the only way, or, the my, you know, my way is the right way, or, like, you know, the, this is the only, you know, you know, if you're doing it this way, you're fucking it up, and, uh, and so I'm glad that you're getting a chance to do that, man. That's cool. Yeah, it's um, interesting. I'm having, like, impactful conversations with guys who know this industry more than I do and have seen every single thing thrown at them, and yet I'll come and talk to them, and it's not like, I, you know, they actually want to hear what I have to say. So that, that's been pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, this isn't quite the same thing, but one of the things I heard recently was about like when you're having a, a, a discussion where you're trying to change someone's mind, like or, or where you have the opportunity to present them with a different viewpoint, right? Um, so like some it could apply here if someone's doing something the way that's not effective. Rather than telling them, No, what you believe is not true, here is the evidence to the contrary, that can work in some things. But a lot of times people have the tendency to reject that information that you give them if they can in any way and actually hold tighter to their original belief yep. than if they had been not been projected uh, been presented with the opposing information yep so giving people evidence doesn't always work nope but what works more is to ask someone to explain how that works and have genuine interest hopefully in their answer not just trying to like you know, disbound it because when people can't explain how it works or they start to think about like does that work or not am i being effective in the things that i'm doing they're not just coming up with a defensive reaction they're like actually having to like critically like think about it so they can explain to you what their beliefs are and that is more effective in changing minds um in no uh, we went through no we went through like a training uh like kind of maybe the beginning of the year it was just like how to ask open-ended questions mm-hmm. you know just you know instead of saying like this is you know you did this and this is the reason for it well before it would kind of think of the way to do it but instead of you would approach it as why do you feel this was the end result as opposed mm-hmm. to saying like this is what it was and you know you should have done this this and that it's why do you feel this was the outcome and that open-ended questions tend to lead to like more dialogue which is ultimately what you want to get to yeah and if you learn where someone's coming from about their behavior then you can help them better or, or maybe even find out that you're wrong and they are doing it the right way you know or whatever you know oh sure I'm, I mean I, it's funny because I <laughs> The last job I had, I had, um, my boss was the most sarcastic, witty guy ever, and his humor has rubbed off on me. Like, there's any sticking thing that um, has affected me more, like in the last five or six years, it's my boss's humor. So my humor is completely dry and witty and doesn't always take. But I've kind of like realized that, and so I'll say something super ridiculous. But a lot of my guys are starting to realize that now too, and they don't like they take it with a grain of salt per se. But um, the fact that for me, I am I always 
present myself as very humble and mm-hmm. like an idiot in some respects, and it's actually benefited me overall. Yeah, yeah, I, I've played that card maybe one too many times, but I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's a, yeah, it's cool that when you can when people start to look to you and respect your opinion, and you're like, oh, that's huh? You're you're looking at me? Like it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a neat thing. One of the things that sales has led to for me, though, is, like, I, I'm really good at, like, coming up with a, you know, not, I don't want to say a pitch, but a spiel on something. Like, I can come up with a way to sure. explain something or say something that is both effective and, like, humorous and people like it. And, but because I know it works, I stop listening. And if I, I'm setting myself up to tell someone something that I, I, I know is going to hit, I, I, just, I just insist on saying it rather than allowing the room in the conversation for it to, like, be open-ended. And so well, and that's, that's what I'm working on. Yeah. No, and that's something that, I mean, I think we all struggle with, is just being able to, like, listen effectively. Because as soon as some, I mean, and I'll, honestly, I'm at fault all the time. As soon as someone starts talking, I'm just like, tuning them out, blah, 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 okay, you know, what's going on? I'm just waiting for, like, my turn to speak, basically. <laughs> yep. Um, but realistically, in order to have actual, impactful, meaningful conversation, you have to really listen and pay attention to what they're saying. Even even if you disagree with it, you, know, you just have to be willing to listen and let them speak fully and then, you know, whether you're countering or trying to just have, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be sales based or anything. <clears throat> I mean, fuck, I'll be talking to my neighbor and he'll be like saying stuff, and I'm all I'm waiting to do is cut him off so that I can like say something else. That his conversation sparked an idea in my brain, and I want to say it, so I'm not even listening to him because I don't even know what I want to say. Yeah, that that's probably the greatest challenge for me as an individual is to. <laughs> be able to listen better. I uh, shared a video on Facebook this week that is one of the best 10-minute TED Talks I've ever seen. And it's this NPR reporter, I can't remember her name, but talking about how to have better conversations. And, like, you know, I think I'm pretty good at that. But every one of the things, I was like, oh, I can do that better. I can do that better. You know, and it was, was, you know, if there's one thing we can all benefit any of us, it's learning to have better conversations. Because, heck, if nothing else, life is more interesting that way, you know? Sure. Oh, uh, well, anybody got anything else this week? No. I think so. No, no. That's pretty much it. Just grinding out every day. It's pretty Kids solid to come up home. I mean, I don't know. It's a pretty good two oh, hours. Well, I, oh, yeah. The one thing I wanted to say... It was kind of, today was uh, kind of the, uh, how do you say it, um, a brief look into the future for myself. Um, so uh, we're doing uh, swim lessons with uh, Frances right now. So she's three and a half. She'll be four in November. Um, so she does like a half hour swim lesson every Saturday. Um, Bridget wanted to basically take her to the swim lesson 
and then uh, go shopping afterwards. And as I'm sure you guys know, I do not want to go shopping ever um, for clothes or, you know, I don't want to go to a mall or do all that stuff. Um, so Bridget was like, well, I'm going to take Francis because Francis actually, she loves to do all that stuff already at this point. She's down to shop all day long and just go crazy. So Bridget took her to her swim lesson and then um, Tam, her sister, also came along and their goal after the swim lesson was to go shopping and buy some clothes for them for the fall, sweaters and whatnot. And I'm like, I want no part of that whatsoever. So Bridget's idea, which was actually perfect, was, um, well, I'm going to take Francis and go to swim, and then we'll go shopping afterwards. Why don't you hang out with Elliot and do something with him? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, that'd be great. So they went, did the swim lesson, and went shopping. I worked this weekend, or this today, and then I came home. Um, I put Elliot down for a nap, and when he woke up, I took him to, um, there's this, it's called Sequest. They are kind of like a aquarium slash, I don't know, it's kind of, uh, what do you call it? They're in the mall, they've been in the Mall of America forever. It's kind of like a corporatized aquarium experience thing, but they opened one up in uh, the Rosedale Mall. So I hadn't had a lot of one-on-one time with Elliot in a while, so I took him there. Him and I, we walked through the exhibits. He got to pet some animals and stuff like that. And then we got, like, a treat afterwards. But it was kind of, uh, a, like, an eye-opening thing for, like, in the future where, like, Bridget takes Fran and shops all day long, like, as some women tend to do. And me and Elliot, the boys, just kind of hang out and have fun in our, in our own way. So it's kind of a, like, oh, yeah, this is what it might be like in the future where, like, the boys kind of do their own thing and the girls go off and spend all my money. So. <laughs> Rudy, that was a really nice, meaningful story, and I really liked that it was so special to you that you shared it two months in a row. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we did it before. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, did it happen it, again? Before it was, yeah. It was this, different this, last this, time. It's the yeah. second deal. Different this time, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Time. You guys went to a restaurant, yeah. I think, last time or something, right? Or, uh... We went to the restaurant before, yeah. So it's, it's the future is now. to happen. Yeah, it's kind of the same deal. It's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, and be it, the future you want to I see mean, or something? Is yeah, I mean, it's kind of manifesting itself the way I'd like it to be. But I don't know. It's just, I don't know. And I'm still getting used to it. Because, I, I mean, truthfully, you know, I don't get a lot of one-on-one time with either of them at this point. You know, because it's always a group thing. We go here, we do this or whatever. But I don't get, like, the one-on-one time, obviously, is more, you know, focused and, you know, I get to see them as an individual, as rather it's just the kids, the kids, the kids. Um, so, it, I don't know. It's nice. No, oh, that's really cool. I, I didn't mean to belittle the story. No, right. I, I'm going to go cry after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's cool, then I'm happy. <laughs> Uh, ben, did you have anything? My grandparents sold their cabin. Oh, that's bittersweet. So, end of an era. End of an era. Yeah. It's too old. What was to... the reason for it? My grandpa was in a rough spot. 
Yeah, Papa, yeah. Yeah. Pardon, Rudy? How old? 82, 83, something like that. Okay. My nana just turned 80 like a couple weeks ago. Okay. And she's fine. He's just down the path that they just, I mean, they can't. Too hard to make the trip. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sold it in a day. Jesus Christ. To, uh, so, so for seven fig- seven figures. <laughs> how, ma- how many figures? <laughs> I'll look it up on the online. Yeah, I'll go on Mozilla right now. Uh, if you want $1 less, you would not be in seven figures. Um, to Engstad, you know? Yeah? His He bought it for his 29-year-old daughter. Cash. <laughs> Oh, that's so disgusting. They already, Rudy, this is the cabin that tore down an entire resort to build their house. And, like, up until this year, did, like, you know, $15,000, $20,000 Fourth of July fireworks display. Jesus Christ. Walking around. Still like how nice they are. Rich they are. So he bought it for his daughter, and then when they, so... The thing they liked about it was it's it's like one floor living, you know, the the main bedroom. Mm-hmm. So it's also a nice place. So uh, when they want to downsize, quote unquote, they're gonna switch switch cabins. So that'll be their <laughs> so, so that'll be their retirement home, and then her daughter will have the big place. Now you have to do all the work of paying the maid and signing the check, daughter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think he talks with the help. I'm gonna guess, but. That makes me want to puke. Wow, that's crazy. That's big dollars. That is so crazy. Well, uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about quickly um, is, you know, in regards to the podcast, you know, obviously, you know, content hasn't really been too much of an issue. We've been, you know, discussing things and conversations flows. Um, do we want to start talking about, like, maybe issuing, like, a challenge to ourselves, you know, like I, I'm sure we're talking about, like you know, screen time on the phones, or you know, some, you know, like the meditation thing. Like if we started issuing like a challenge to the group and saying, okay, this month we're going to try to do this, and then you know we all individually go and make that effort, and then we come back and like talk about it for a little bit. I don't Rudy, know, you're making me glow right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> I would say I, 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 I definitely don't hate that idea. Oh wow! I don't know. I, I just thought it's so another element to the, you know, because the my buddy Joe Rogan shout out, <laughs> um, uh, they do the sober October, and that's like a huge deal. Uh, I'm not anywhere like I'm saying we're gonna be like them, but October's it, coming up pretty close here, buddy. No, it's a, yeah, it's a novel idea. As far as, like you know, in in our discussions of what we're trying to talk about, good or bad. We start trying to come up with ideas as far as like a challenge or not even a challenge. Say like, okay, this month we're going to try to focus on this as a group, and then we can come back and talk to it. It might just add another layer of you know conversation. So I think that's an awesome idea. The twist I want I'm proposing is we each come up with our own challenge. So mm-hmm. ne- next month, like we each have our own challenge that we want to work on for ourselves. Because what I want to okay. do. Isn't going to be the same thing as what you want to do, nor could we, because like you're saying, we just have different life challenges, and it might not mm-hmm. be as helpful for us each to do the same thing. And it might it provides more content if we're each doing 
our own thing and sure. more ideas for the audience. What do you think about that? Sounds yeah. Good. No, no, I get that. Yeah, and we can bring it up, and if it's something we all want to do, or if we all think we can do it, you know, we can discuss that aspect too. You know, we can throw it out there, and if it's something we can all agree upon that we think we can actually, because we don't want to just throw something. You know, if we can't do it, there's no point in trying. Um, yeah, I get that. I like that. I also so the our software is an app, so I got a. I a lot of push notices, which I don't know, probably was a mistake, but I got one this morning that was, uh, we had nine new listens this week, which was not me, um, and it suggested you should put another podcast out, so that's why I edited the last one I got out this morning, so hopefully I won't wait a whole month to do this one, but uh, I am lazy when it comes to this, so I will be better, and I will try to get this out quicker. Audience. That's that's a, a, a I'm not gonna use the G word, but I will do my best efforts to get these out uh, quicker. Uh, so nine people listened in a week. Correct. How do you, can you see like who or if they listened to the whole thing mm, or how much? I can see which s- platform they use to listen to it, but I can't tell that data. At least I. We would have to look into it further. I can't tell who it is, though. No, it's, it's anonymous, I guess. No, I didn't think you built up who, but, like... I can tell which... I'm, I'm, it shows me which platform has plays per episode. I would assume it's, like, the government or the Chinese or the <laughs> Russians. Because, like, I... Hey, I don't know. if the Russians... <laughs> if we'll get ad revenue from the Russians, I don't really care at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, actually doing this has made me think that, like, down the road, like, uh, that... For me, you know, like a, some kind of mushroom-oriented podcast, like, might be a good thing to do, you know, um, just because there isn't one yet, I don't think, and people find it interesting, oh and I thought, Ben, this is good practice for you to be a, a podcast engineer, so I've got that covered, and um, yeah, so, so it's already inspired me to want to kind of do more, although I am hesitant of it, because I, well, just for various reasons, but um. Uh, that's cool. People are listening. I don't, I don't know why, but good for good for us. That's good. Um, yeah. What was the other? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually just the other day wrote down a goal for myself for the month of October. For the first time, I've ever had like a goal like this, um, and it was to do ten thousand jump ropes. A hundred, or no, yeah, a thousand push-ups, and I didn't do number of minutes meditated. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I, I might not use that. I might, but that's Hold the on. direction. Hold, I was on. Hold on a second. Are you issuing a challenge? I'll up on that for a I, 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 No, I'm not issuing a challenge. It was a personal goal that I'm going to track. <laughs> Well, you guys are saying, if it was a challenge, it would no. If it was a challenge, I'd probably be more nice. But if it's just a goal of yours, then I'm not going to do shit. Oh, so you want it to be a competitive challenge where we get to rub it into other faces? That's what you want to all exactly. do. The same thing. I, exactly. That's all I can compete. I'm anti. I don't want to compete. That I'm so unmotivated by that. That's why I've always avoided these kind of things. <laughs> 
because it just for me, I just never it's just fun to see how you do, you know. Um, no, but man, whatever, be aware. Yeah. If you guys want to do jump roping, I will challenge you to jump roping and push ups. And where do you even buy a jump rope? Target. Like, I, I sold it in my garage sale the other day. Amazon. I don't know. <laughs> Just to make them. <laughs> yes, they still make them. Well, I mean, that's you're talking. Well, okay, so sorry, September. I'm out on the physical I'm challenge. Talk about the next podcast. Yeah, we should all come. That's the homework, right? We all come to the next podcast with ideas for either. Group challenges or and individuals maybe so we can kind of okay. hash out what if a group challenge isn't one we all want to do or whatever then sure. we each have an individual and I think that should be the goal of next month is to uh, by the end of the episode or before we do the episode or whatever have um, it figured out what we'll try to accomplish um, okay. but that means that we should maybe have the next podcast in the last week of September. Okay. I'm in so California. Cali- I'm in California at a wedding. Well, what? Let's look at our calendars, maybe. Let me see. There's a time. Makes sense. Um. I think you do like the 30th is like a Tuesday, I think. Uh, are you tough on weekdays, Rudy? Nah, at this point, not necessarily. Okay, just do like a full pot or like a quickie. We could do. Yeah, let's, let's look. Let's revisit that when we get there, because I, I, I typically get the manpower calendars a couple weeks out, but it, it should be good at that point. It should be good or should it be good? Well, I mean, if I gotta wake up at. 2 30 in the morning i'm definitely not going to be awake past nine o'clock well we could do like a like a 30 minute or something or 20 minute just to just to yeah, pick I up mean, no, we, I mean, you don't need to do i mean we're at two ten, we don't need a two and a half hour awesome. podcast yeah no there's, there's some yeah we can make something work for sure we'll do the dan Rudy, call, if, the dan carlin blitz to, we'll do a blitz if you had to guess what time you'd want to do it on that tuesday if we were let's do, let's allow for an hour we will need that long to figure it out, right? What time would you want to, do you think you might want to do it? Uh, maybe more around like seven. No, my time. You don't know. I could probably do that on a Tuesday. Cool. Okay. We'll, let's talk. We'll talk offline. Cool. I'm, I'm going to put a, I'm going to, yeah, let's talk offline. I'm going to put a note <laughs> in my calendar. Uh, to uh, a week before that to start coming up with goals. Yeah. Damn sense. it. Yeah, I should do that too, probably. Do you want to do an outro, Finny? Uh, sure. You don't have to. You just want to. No, I just, I, I, I take me a moment, that's all. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I literally write it down when I do it uh, in, in post, as we say in the biz. Fuck it, we'll do it. Oh, you know what happened to me this last month? I don't. I didn't tell you guys about this. One sec. So, uh, Shannon Kaysen, who does this podcast, Homemade Stories. Shout out to Shannon. He's a friend, and he's also sponsored by Lagunitas. So we're we're real tight, and he lives here in Detroit. He did a, an episode called 420 about his first time ever smoking weed, which is like as an adult apparently. 
and like we don't smoke weed together. I don't, I don't think we ever have or anything. But you know, I'm, I'm kind of known as a, a guy who likes that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, so he dedicated the episode to me. <laughs> like I get shout outs like at least once a year from in, in the, like the ad essentially. Yeah. And it was just like literally it was that he had gone to a uh, like a coffee shop that does beer too in Detroit. And he ordered a Lagunitas to sit down and do some work, and like somehow it's like came up, and he's like, "Oh man, you like like you know Finny? Oh, Finny's the best. Like in Lagunitas, that's why they're fucking awesome because they're good fucking people like Finny." And like I, I it made me feel so good. It was so nice. Uh, nice warm fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice thing cool. to end on. Um, so, audience. Thank you so much for joining us today. I think we've had a lot of nice warm fuzzies and some conversations that are going to allow us all to go out and be even more badass people uh, than, than we already are. Thank you so much for joining us. I personally don't understand your motivation, but we're really happy to have you here at the, at the table with us, hashing out what it's like to be a person in this day and age. We'll see you again next time, guys. Thank you very much. From Finney's, or from four feckless friends to you. See ya.